Counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and argue for or against the movies being on that list. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about yet another film on the list. Robert Zemecki's time travel adventure, Back to the Future. Back to the Future was released July 3rd, 1985 and stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd and Claudia Wells. But before we start speeding up to 88 miles per hour, how's your week been? Uh, fairly uneventful. Um, I'm kind of infatuated with the whole Amber Heard trial. <laughs> so oh. that's... Uh, you too, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm one of those people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, I'm learning so much about law, which which is really great. Okay. I think it's, it's such a a good way to learn more about um, how these court proceedings work and why okay. things work the way they, they do. So I find it fascinating from that angle. Um, and I mean, just seeing uh, Amber Heard try to, to, to squeeze out a tear over eight hours um, has been kind of interesting as well. It's just <laughs> like, Oh, and then, and then her acting coach was like, Oh yeah. Whenever she, she, tries to cry for tv like she cannot cry tears so it's always fake crying mm. and, <laughs> and she does it <laughs> it's like right. oh geez it's it's fascinating anyway how's your, how's your day been? or right, your week it's not been as interesting as that for sure i mean i don't i don't particularly watch the uh i don't particularly care for it either way but i, I you know I, I keep getting the 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 main points in coming into my periphery once in a while it's like oh she squat and took a dump on the bed and i'm like wait what uh but you know i i for me this is uh two toxic people battling out for who's the more toxic person yeah and i don't particularly care for them either ways but i think they have their fans and i think that it makes for good tv to have basically a court case about airing your dirty laundry. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't fault anybody for watching it. It's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the, the cross-examination of Amber Heard is fascinating to watch. Like, if, if, you, if you want to watch one thing from this whole thing, watch the cross-examination of, of Amber Heard. What, what um, about it makes it fascinating? Because it's so good. Like it just shows a lot of the inconsistencies in her story and a lot of the, the, you know, um, it's just very on, on point and, and yeah, it's like I, I said, I heard, it's fascinating. I think I heard one about uh, she saying she had this concealer in a bag, and uh, the concealer company said uh, we have we didn't release this until two thousand and seventeen yeah. or something. Yeah, I heard about that one. I sure I, I saw that one on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is where I spend most of my time when I'm not watching Amber Heard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the good the good thing about you know Amber Heard has been an Aquaman, and you know, underwater nobody can see you cry, right? So, yeah. <laughs> nobody sees your tears. 
That is true. That is true. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so yeah, it's been it's been fascinating. Like I said, I'm I'm learning a lot about law, so that's so that's that's cool. That's a good thing to get out of it. That's um, fair. I I agree that you know at the end of the day, like both both kind of lose. I think she she lost more than he did at this point, at least in the public eye. Who knows mm. what 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 will happen? What the jury says, right? But um. I think she will always have that 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 Amber Heard thing looming over her. Like, yeah, it's going to be very hard for her to get that off her record and get jobs. And we'll we'll, we'll see what happens to her. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah. Uh. So back to the future, huh? Back to the future, Marty. <laughs> If you could, uh, if you could, if you had the opportunity to go back in time, do you have a specific point in history you would like to go back to? Eh, Ooh. Just... Fascinating. That That's like Terminator territory then again, right? Mm. <laughs> it's like, do, do you go for, for curiosity or do you go for trying to prevent things? I don't know. I don't know. That's good. Good question. Either know. ways, we get an opportunity to go back in time in this film. And uh I guess we should probably go through the uh the synopsis first. Yes. Let's see the synopsis. In this 1980s sci-fi classic, small-town California teen Marty McFly is thrown back into the 50s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend Doc Brown goes awry. Traveling through time in a modified DeLorean car, Marty encounters young versions of his parents and must make sure that they fall in love or he'll cease to exist. Even more dauntingly, Marty has to return to his own time and save the life of Doc Brown. And we're back. And... Um... Before we flip a coin, um, I was wondering if you had the same thing. If you were to cast this movie today, who would you cast as the replaced Michael J. Fox? Uh, probably Tom Holland. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Tom Holland plays a Marty McFly in every freaking movie. Yeah. I I think that uh, he's the perfect... Is the perfect cast for this kind of character because you always root for him in all the films he does. And, and I, I was like, this is like Tom Holland is playing any character right now. So, so yeah, it's kind of a natural. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that saw that. <laughs> uh, hmm. I mean, it's, anyway, I, I'm going to talk about it more in general, but I, I am yeah. curious to know which, which end of the end of the bargain i'm gonna have to choose uh this week oh nice segue sir um yeah let's let's uh, flip a coin and see where we land mm, yeah. heads or tails uh i'll go with heads tails you know what i i, I think i'm cu- i want to see where you have to I, I think you have a choice in this i want i want to see what your perspective on this film is so which you want to argue for or against this film i'm going for this film yeah uh uh, all right well uh all right i guess i'm gonna argue against this film oh man it's gonna be hard and the witness will address this court as judge or your honor ladies and gentlemen the jury 
of which you will decide who wins this argument. Today, I'm going to be arguing against this movie, Back to the Future. And in my argument, I'm going to focus on the fact that this movie has very narrowly defined characters. Um, the focus is extremely uh, narrow and you have very huge inconsistencies in the ideas of time travel. Um, and I feel like uh, the movie loses a lot uh, from that perspective. And I'm going to be focusing on those three arguments uh, for the rest of the show. Okay. That's not a lot to go off of. Um, ladies and gentlemen, so we regimented narrow characters and framing. I think it's the benefit of this movie. The um, the bigger in scope you get, the more convoluted it gets, I think. Uh, so so we have a simple simple story, simple set of characters that that are really just Doc Brown, Marty, um, Biff as the antagonizer and then uh some some side characters to to work us through the quests um so the focus is narrow but but it it needs to be because i mean this this movie is a two-hour movie and uh, i don't think it feels like a two-hour movie which is a plus for it um it it feels very snappy uh, and the reason why it feels so snappy is because the scope is so narrow um I think you can argue in the later movies, uh, the scope gets a little too broad and then it, it loses itself and kind of loses the appeal a bit. But for this one, it's very focused and um, concise, and which is why it works so well. Um, this movie has a lot going for it in terms of nostalgia, I think. The uh, design is great and holds up to this day uh it's very cult like uh, i think it's one of the most easiest uh halloween costumes you can pull off um you know just wear a a red puffer um vest and and some plaid and you look like marty mcfly um we see marty mcfly invent a bunch of things um that change the world forever like the skateboard and rock and roll music um which you could argue is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, paradox uh, that we mentioned about in Terminator 2 last week. But um, in contrast to Terminator 2, I think time travel works here better because it's um, it's used a little more ironically and a little more on the nose. Not on the nose, but a little more... Um, in 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 um a little more in, enjoyable um like it it, it creates uh, this time travel logic and it stays to it um and it it works well and then it creates a great uh, story around that uh, like a fun adventure um of of a kid trying to uh help his parents out to meet and uh, not to kiss his mother in the process. So it, it it's a fun movie. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about the scope of this film. I know you've mentioned about how 
the scope helps this film, but I think the scope also takes a lot away from this film um, because it feels like we are stuck within a three-block radius. We start in the mall. We start from Maddie's house to Doc's house. Then we go to the mall, and then we go to the past, and then we are basically in the same region for the next uh, second half, uh, second third of this film. And then we come back and we're in the same scope again for the third, uh, the third, uh, third of this film. And basically, the scope of the characters are basically within the same, uh, within the same scope. It's narrow. It's short. It's tight. Um, and you may think it works in the favor of this movie, but I feel like you know there's some things that um, they could have expanded the scope on. I just felt like it's so small. We we get to see the the whole action scene takes place in the in the center of the, by the clock tower. We get to see it in the sixties and we get to see it in modern day. But I just I just feel like it's too small of a scope. Uh, what happens? We never get to see outside of the town. We never get to see much. We, basically, it's it's just a small narrow scope. Um, I also find the dynamic between him and his mom a little disturbing. I mean, I guess that's how it's supposed to play out. Um, but because we, we don't get to see him interact with more characters, uh, and this goes into the scope, we get to watch the awkward relationship between him and his mom and his mom kissing him and him going, and she going, oh, that feels like kissing one of my brothers. And, you know, his retort was, uh, you basically have no idea how true that is. Something along those lines. Um, but, you know, it's it's quite interesting. But I also feel like uh, if you had a bigger scope, you could have seen him interact with more characters. And the inconsistencies in time travel. Um, we get to see Marty break all the rules of time travel, go from one scene to the other, um, destroying time um, and uh, he goes back home and he has no recollection of what has ha- what has changed. Um, he's still the same person who went through time. He comes to a new paradox um, and everything just, I mean, his apartment has changed, um, but, you know, did Goldie run for, for mayor? Uh, all those kinds of things we never get to see the conclusion of those things. We get to see the introduction of the idea, um, but we never get to see the conclusion. So we are left unsatisfied with, you know, where else the world changed? What has changed about this world? And the movie just ends. Uh, I feel like we don't get to see the consistencies of, of some of the effects of the time travel. Uh, and the effects are inconsistent at best. Well, I mean, that's because we we are right slung into the next uh, installment, right? Like, um, before Marty can even leave his house in his brand new truck, uh, he is thrown into the next adventure that we will see in the, in the second movie. And I think this is a movie that doesn't uh, consider the audience to be dumb right i i think we can infer that a lot of other things have changed because it's likely that his involvement in the past not only had a direct effect on his family but also on on some other things but uh i mean it kind of goes goes into would goldie run for mayor had marty not 
planted that seed, right? So, and I, I think it's likely that that he still would have. So, so that kind of timeline stays uh, kind of intact, right? So, so I, I think it's likely that um, a lot of the the, the core um, things that happened uh, pre time travel are still around. Um, and as <laughs> he's shaking his head, um, at the end of the day, I, th- I think it's important to keep this so focused, uh, and keep the set pieces small because I think it opens up, um, a lot of opportunities to play with, um, design, you know, you have the, the eighties design, the 50s, 60s design, um, Right, so so it's kind of you establish a place and and the time, um, and then that makes it fa- familiar if you change the time. So I think it's smart in that in that way, and it works well. And uh, I also think keeping it the small, um, like the effects it had on, on all the characters that we get to know. Um, not necessarily seeing what what this little change, uh, what, what kind of effect it had on the world. Um, that would just kind of distract from from the core, right? The core is, uh, he happened to, to travel back in time. Uh, he happened to almost um, change himself out of existence. Uh, and then he's trying to um, reinstate his place in, in the world. Uh, that at the core is the story and uh, we don't need to really see what happens outside of it because it's all about him and his place and his family so i feel like the critique that it's uh too small in scope is is a little bizarre um i i want to i mean i think it's a good argument you're having uh but i still think that you know um, I still stand by my point, that specific issue. Um, and if I have to argue against this film, I think it's a good, it's a good point to make. Uh, I think that also I'm going to focus even more on the fact that the movie had an inconsistency, um, with the time travel that don't, doesn't make any sense. I mean, he goes back to the same house. His family is rich. His brother works in business. Um, his sister, you know, she's fashionable. I guess she's kissing around now. Um, but they're still living in the same house, uh, with how wealthy they are. It doesn't make any sense that, uh, he gets back and he still goes back to the same place. Um, and I think that the fact that they try to keep it so narrow is the reason why that feels inconsistent. They can't be living in the same house. Um, if they're that rich and wealthy and jet setting around the world, uh, I don't think that that is consistent with the truth, but the fact that they wanted to narrow the scope meant that they have to have that inconsistent line uh, in there. And uh, he goes home. It would have been more interesting if he had gone home and opened the door and it was a totally different house. And the movie comes back with him and Doc, Doc, Doc doesn't know what the hell is going on. And then he's like, oh, let's go save the world from the future. Okay, So that that's interesting in itself. I think that the small, the narrow scope kind of limits where the story can actually go. Um, I think that the fact that he doesn't know 
a lot of the history about, about why he has a truck uh, waiting for him. Uh, and the fact that everybody still likes him, you know, I feel, I don't know. Let's, when, when you try to argue against this film, you really have to start <laughs> pulling threads. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so so the house thing, I, I think you, you can argue that people that, that have a lot of money and are smart about their money make good choices with their money, right? So uh, if, if that house works for the family, um, just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you need to buy a bigger house, right? If if that house is a good fit and and works, but uh, and, the, and the neighborhood McFly, is good. But Judge McFly was a show off. Man, he's driving a BMW. Is uh, making fun of Biff in the backyard. He's he's not a he's not the kind of character who would see a better house and sniff at it. He's he's a he likes status symbols. You could tell. Uh, you could tell from his the character change that we get. So I think it's kind of it's kind of pulling uh, it's kind of pulling at a thread to think that you know this dude uh, would stay in the same place. No, I think um, I think there's a reasonable argument to be had that. Um, we don't fully understand the impact. Uh, in change, um, it had that Biff is not, uh, you know, a, a, a leading figure in the in the now times, but he was kind of demoted to 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 um, a, a car detail person, demoted in quotes, like uh, you know, um, but but kind of having a tyrant as a as a boss and and that kind of what kind of effect that has on the community as a whole. So I think there's a reasonable argument to 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 be had that you know that little change may have had an effect on on the neighborhood as well and on the town that it's more affluent and more wealthy so it's it's not about having the biggest house but it's like as a general um you know the community is is well off so i i think you can you can it's reasonable to believe that um because biff was kind of the bully of the of the of the show right so uh, and that that showed in the early scenes as well that he was that um and, and so i i i don't think uh, that that's a huge inconsistency i think the the bigger inconsistency is what you said that um marty comes back and uh, he doesn't know anything that happened which would be very awkward conversations right because he's not part of the family but um, we don't get to really learn those conversations because, like I said, he's thrown into the next adventure straight away. Hmm. Yeah. Um, this movie's hard. I can't think of anything else <laughs> to argue against the film. It doesn't bode well. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm ready to go into general conversations. <laughs> Unless you have more to say about the film. I, I I think as far as time travel films go, um, this is one of the more fun ones. Arguably, I like the second one better, I think. But um, this one is setting up the second one while we already understand, you know, the, the rules of the game. So that that's kind of nice. Um, during this, well, I guess we can go into general discussion and then and 
talk about Terminator as well because it, it feels kind of appropriate to talk about those two movies back to back, like we did. Um, so yeah, let's go into the sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Uh, so, so yeah, time travel, two movies back to back, um, with seemingly the same rules of time travel to a degree, right? It's like you, you go back to change the future. Um, so there, there's similarities there. Um, But very different interpretations of uh, how to make that story entertaining. <laughs> right? What do you, so, so it sounded like you had a lot to say uh, outside of the the arguments. So yeah, I, I I think this movie is hard to find anything. Your your point about the narrow scopes was uh, was was a good counter. It's, it's like sometimes you have a movie that wants to be bigger than it is, and then you create complications and make it even harder uh, to comprehend. I think this movie did a great job of staying narrow, uh, giving us setting us up in this in one location, setting the previous the the next location within the first location, um, because there are a number of things that Doc Brown said, uh, and there are a couple of things that. Um, the woman with the, 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 what do you call it? Um, the woman with the flyers, she was talking about how the time the clock, uh, went off, which was significant. You know, the doc was talking about how this place used to be fields. And when we arrived, this was fields. Um, and he talked about the fact that he had to mortgage his whole house. And then we go to the past and we see his huge mansion that he was living in. And now that he lives in the garage. So they set up a lot of things that are very interesting to just, you know, go back to lots of good Easter eggs. And when you come back, uh, to the future, there's lots, a lot of Easter eggs too. The twin pine malls is now this, this lone pine malls. You know, it's it's a lot of really, really brilliant use of time and consequences. And irrespective of what I said in my in my arguments against the film, I thought it was it was very, very brilliant, brilliant way. It's very difficult to find anything wrong with this film. Um, I think the protagonist was perfectly cast. He's likable. He's he's not perfect, but he you know he does a good job. I think the the villain is perfectly cast. He's towering. He's um, really bad. You don't like him at all. Uh, he even does some very conspicuously bad things, um, and you don't root for him at all. So it's like the setup is really good. The um, the way it's executed is brilliant. Soundtrack is really nice. Um, and, uh, the story's, uh, perfectly awkward. Uh, you know, talking about the, his mom and what do you call it? The, the way she portrayed herself versus what she was really like. Uh, it's very interesting. I like this film, uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I thought about the scope when I watched it last night and, I think there's an argument for the scope that you can tell that there's a lot of budget constraints, mm. which is why they kept the scope the the way it is. 
where they kept it in, in the same locations. Um, but I also think it, it works so well to, to set things up. The uh, cornerstone of the community um, that Marty lives in, right? And, like having that built first and he just gets there. At, like, it's such a neat visual um, cue that makes you understand immediately. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Like the whole community hasn't been built yet, but except for the cornerstones, right? So it's so it's smart in that. Um, it's smart that the town center is something that uh, will be one of the first things that, that will be around, right? So it's smart that that hasn't changed a lot uh, over time. So it's kind of a reliable um, location in that. And, and you know, like I said, in the beginning, you establish familiarity with the place. And then um, you can play with the designs to have them um, time appropriate. And you're, you you understand where you are in, in a place, but then you also understand where you are in the time frame. So that's that's super smart. But I think you can argue... Like the budget went towards the DeLorean, <laughs> right? And kind yeah. of making the effects work. Um, one thing that's very fascinating about this, about this movie for me is that product placement is so obvious. And I wonder if this is one of the first movies that did it this obviously. Um, because there's a lot. I mean, like I said, DeLorean, um, Pepsi. You know, there's a bunch of brands that are just so visual in this. Uh, and I'm sure it was not a cheap movie to produce back then. Um, because the effects were uh, probably not easy to, to kind of pull off right for the time in 85. Um, the, the little effects they do are pretty decent still. Except for for you know some misalignments and all that kind of stuff, but for the time, like it's 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 crazy. It's a thirty seven year movie now. Right? Yeah. So so it's still working pretty well for that. I mean, I think there were a couple of uh, effects that don't seem as believable, like when the when the DeLorean arrived and they were all standing in the fire and they yeah. never got burnt, and you know the inconsistencies with the ice when you know the dog came back and it was icy. But then when he lands in 1955, there was no ice on it. Um, I mean, th- there's some inconsistencies, but th- these are not like big enough that you are going to spend hours trying to figure it out. Yeah. But you know, I think that a lot of the things they did were were actually brilliant, like you said. Yeah, it's it's just a smart way to to think to approach a movie at this scale. With this kind of effects, um, with a budget that probably was fairly limited for for something like this, right? And um, it works. And I mean, like I said, the the music is great. You know, um, there, there's a couple cameos in this um, that are fun. Um, you know, Hugh Lewis himself telling Marty is like that's a little too loud. <laughs> it's kind of kind of kind of good. Um, at least I thought that's that's him. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's re- it's a really fun movie. It's very nostalgic, you know, for... I mean, this movie came out, what, a year after I was born? <laughs> or half a year after I was born? So it's like, you know, I, I, I only got to know this movie probably when I was eight, nine or so. Um, 
but still it kind of gives me this fuzzy feeling of like oh this is so familiar it's like a warm blanket in a way where it's just enjoyable um to watch this thing um because it is so so nice you don't have to think about it a lot it's very relatable you know you you everybody has gone through a bully in school and wished to one up him um you know so i think yeah it's 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 a very good movie i prefer this over terminator too to be honest i i mean i wouldn't i i, I mean I, I think you, maybe i should even address a lot of the points you were trying to make about terminator too um like you said this movie does the same uh idea of time travel uh but we don't get we we it's basically the same idea you go yeah. to the past to to try to change the future uh but the tone of the movies are totally different um and uh, the effects are totally different but uh i would say in a way i mean terminator 2 is a perfect action film um i don't i can't i i think they're just as good at each other in in two different ways i, I can i can actually pick, pick what pick which one is better um but if i had to sit down and watch one this movie felt breezy and uh it felt fun to watch uh there are lots of dark themes in terminator that could make it a little bit hard to watch like the nuclear annihilation of humanity as a whole uh and you know the boy saying uh he's gonna waste him <laughs> i think we talked about that scene last week uh last episode uh but I, I i will i will say that this is a it's a breezier film to watch and it's a lot more fun to watch and the easter eggs are a lot better so yes if i had to choose between this one and the terminator film i would probably choose this but i wouldn't say that this movie is better than terminator i would say that there are lots of films that we watched earlier in the in the in the set like the green mile mm-hmm. that i feel like this is better than Mm-hmm. And I would place this higher on the list, as as well as Terminator, uh, on the list of movies that we've seen. Um, there was one movie that we watched, uh, A Beautiful Life, the Italian one. The, this I think it's is, Life Beautiful, but I also call it is, A Beautiful Life. <laughs> yeah. Life is Beautiful. Uh, this one would definitely be better than that Italian junk that we watched the other day. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I feel like it should be higher on the list. Um, but I, I'm not going to put. I'm not going to hang my hat on this movie being better than Terminator 2, even if they have similar themes and basically the same idea but different tones. I mean, it's it's just preference, right? Like I, I enjoy this this adventure slash comedy um, more than that action movie. I think, yeah. But that's just personal preference. I think we both agree that. Um, a beautiful life is so forgettable that we can't even get the title straight. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just puzzling why this, that movie is so is higher on the list. I'm so surprised it won the Oscar, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, this is just pure nostalgia uh, for me. And um, it will always have, um, it will always be a movie that is enjoyable to watch for me. I, I I think that because I, uh, because, uh, uh, because 
I got to argue against the film. There was one thing that I never got to talk about uh, because it, it's a point for the film. Uh, it's the lines. There's so many, so many great lines in this film. Um, the, the this is heavy line where the guy's like, what is it to you and this heaviness? Has gravitational change, has gravity changed in the future? Why is everything so heavy? I was laughing my ass off when Doc Brown said that or Doc, whatever, the Doc said that. Um, the line about um, uh, the, if you're going to go into the future, then do it in style. When they brought out the DeLorean and he was like, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles, you're going to see some crazy shit. And I was like, oh, so he said some serious shit. It was, it was hilarious. This so um there's so many great phone lines uh when he said who's going to be the president in the future and it was like ronald reagan and it was like so who's the vice president jerry lewis um it's so many great lines in this uh in the movie um i yeah it's i think that oh god i i really enjoyed the film um and when at the very end of the film when they go into the car and he's like, um, what happens in the future? And he was like, it's your kids, Marty. It's your kids. They're very bad kids. And they go in and they, they fly into the sunset. I think that this is, uh, something's got to be done about your kids. I think that those lines make this film stand out. And I was laughing my ass off in so, in so many, in so many points of this film. I, I think that the movie is great. Um, and I think it should be rated higher than where it's at. Yeah, and and the Reagan thing is set up beautifully as well, I think, because it's uh, he he arrives in the past, and you see at the movie theater there's a movie with Reagan, mm-hmm. and so it just sets up like Reagan is a movie star. Just remember that, right? And then that sets up the joke, and it, it's it's so it's well done. Um, the the only critique I have is I think the opening of this movie is very bizarre because it just kind of doesn't open with a fanfare. It's just you know, oh, here's the Back to the Future logo without music. Hmm. Um, and then a, a huge, long shot uh, over clocks and clocks and <laughs> clocks and clocks. Um, the weird guitar thing that Marty does and then and then the phone call happens and that's that's where we start. Yeah. So I think the opening sequence is, is, is a little weird and feels very out of place out of place out of time um but it's something you forget about very quickly so i guess that's good (laughs) i don't know um it's quite interesting too Uh, one of the things that uh i will i will also notice that they did push a lot of information you mentioned the movie theater and ronald reagan's name they also pushed the the crazy adult film that they, they had um orgy the american style I remember seeing that on the movie poster, uh, and I was like, "Oh, you can go to the movie theater and watch orgy American style uh, in the movie theater at any point in the day." That's what's playing right now. Um, lots of adult films happening in those in those days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's another interesting thing that you probably won't catch like the first time you watch it, but you know you start to see all these Easter eggs in the film, and you appreciate this movie a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And 
Have Have you ever done the in in LA the Universal Studios tour? No, I haven't. Okay, yeah, because that whole town center thing is isn't a lot, right? So so it's cool to go there and see how small it is. Really, <laughs> as, as with anything that is like movies related, it's always smaller than you think. But um, yeah, and then uh, one of the trips to LA, we went by the um, the house that is Marty's house um, with the power lines in the background. <laughs> Just also just kind of kind of crazy. Um, private residence, so don't don't disturb anybody. Just can drive by. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's 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 such a familiar movie for me because I grew up with this. Um, and like I said, it just kind of gives you, gives me the fuzzies. So it's kind of a enjoyable um, movie to watch. Yeah. It's. I think we don't know if. We, I mean, we 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 definitely get to talk about some movies that we both like, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think we talk about movies like this where we both actually love. Uh, and I think many of the films that we have, we have different levels of appreciation. Even Terminator Two, I love the film. You like it tepidly, um, and this one, I love this film, and you love this film. So. The fact that it's able to play to both our demographics, both our style of film, I think that it says a lot about how effective they were able, they were able to play this film. I, I think it was it was really well done. Yeah. All right. That's all, that's, that's all I that's have. That's all I have, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of movies that are very well done, I've already seen that movie once, so I don't know. Next up is Spirited Away. Oh, man. You know, all right. I'm not going to say too much, but I'm a big Studio Ghibli fan, um, and my wife also is. So this is uh, right in our alley, and I've seen this film a million times. But I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to go into a tangent, um, like how I got to watch this movie, but um, not appropriate. Um, (laughs) Where can people find us uh, they can find us on instagram facebook twitter on at movie mistrial and uh you know if you wanted to contact us in an alternative way you can contact us at contact at movie and if you wanted to call you can call us at 1-800 we have no phones um all right <laughs> that's all i have <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, take it easy, everybody. Sure.